The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Well, this certainly is going to be a big weekend, all things being equal. We have been waiting, 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 and now we're going to get it. The third Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, bout the trilogy fight slated for Saturday night in Las Vegas. We're ready to talk all about it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely the somewhat competent host. He is our insider from the Fight Freaks Unite Substack, from our Big Fight Weekend coverage as well on the podcast and on the site. Uh, we always love collaborating with Dan Raphael, and he is, as I like to say, OL on location. He has made his way to the desert in Las Vegas. Of course, they can't have a big fight in Vegas like this and not have Raphael at ringside. He will be there Saturday night for everything that goes down with this one. So good to be with you. I know at the time that we're doing this, we're getting this out a little earlier, a day earlier, as it turns out, because the fight's that big. We want more people to hear it. You have been traveling all day. You've been around the fighters today. And yet he posts, Pete, peeps he posts for the podcast nonetheless haven't even had dinner yet confirm it or not haven't even had dinner yet and you're doing the podcast then we're gonna get dinner a little later meet up with some friends it's gonna be nice yeah it'll Figure be might, as well, might as well get the podcast done and then go relax for a little I bit i love that all right so the skies were friendly you got out there well hold on, right. hold on hold on hold on you're making a lot of friendly not that friendly no what happened the flight was early that's good no issues there and uh, God bless uh, parents. I had my own son when he was small. We took him on airplanes all the time. But there was two kids on this airplane sitting in front of me <laughs> with their parents. Now, I would, I, listen, and I'm not, I'm not too proud. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I was in first class. And uh, in front of me, there was the, the dad and one kid. And the mom was on the other aisle with a lap child. So they had two kids and the two parents. And uh, look, I totally get when kids scream and cry and lose their shit. I get it. I mean, I've been right, parents. Right, right. You know, everybody kind of feels bad for the parents. I mean, kind of you said on the lap, they're like, they're like two, right? They're like one or two. Yeah, if they're on and, the lap, and, right? and but the, you know, these kids, they weren't even like upset. They were just kind of squealing with delight and the whole thing. But it, it got to be like so ridiculous that the parents like just they were oblivious to what was going on. And that irritated me and this, the flight attendant and the others of us who were on this airplane at, uh, you know, we all had gotten up at five o'clock in the morning to make an early flight. And again, we all understand that, but if you're a parent and you've been in that situation, you got to at least make the effort. If you Agreed. can't get them under control, listen, I feel their pain. But uh, we always try to at least get them to at least, you know, play, distract, whatever. There was no effort and that pissed me off. And so the skies were not so friendly. And were, may I also add, by the way. Yes, please. Again, I never have a problem uh, accommodating my, uh, my neighbor. I'm a friendly uh, person on the airplane. Uh, there was a, a nice lady sitting next to me. Uh, I think she was incontinent because she, got up to piss about 12 times in a, in one flight. And that, that kind of pissed me off also. And on top of that, it was basically turbulent the entire flight. Oh. So fuck the friendly skies. My God. Uh, I didn't even know what Pandora's box I'd open. Now you're crotchety at times, but good Lord, you, it's good that we have a few hours in between your flight and the podcast, or who knows what else we would be discussing. I listen, how many other I, we, we talk about a lot of stuff on here. We don't always have to I these are the these are the real life experiences. We got of, real life problems. So see, I'm just going to digress for one second. We're getting to Canelo and Triple G. Dan was around them, etc. You've been bugging me for like the last half hour trying to get the twins to go to bed. My 14 year olds, because again, I'm on Eastern time, so it's later than you. I'm trying to get them in the bed, etc. You don't know this because we haven't talked about this. They are both 
how shall we say eyesight challenged? So they have been in glasses forever. They are now trying to put contacts in oh, their eyes for the that. yes. For the first time, contacts in the eyes, put them in, take them out. That three-act trilogy, not unlike Canelo Triple G, has been playing out for the past two or three days, including tonight. So I know you've been bugging me about, let's get the podcast done. I want to go to dinner. Let's get the podcast. (laughs) This is what I'm dealing with, Rayfield. You dealt with Screaming Kids, Incontinent Woman, and Turbulent Skies. I've just been dealing with this a little bit tonight, but we're here. The peeps don't care about our troubles. The saving grace is we didn't crash. Yes. And we were actually half an hour early. So I can't okay. I can't complain that much. Yes, you walked off. And, and may I add, good. Yes. when I got to the MGM Grand at like 10 o'clock in the morning, my room was ready. That's good. So your day got better. The yes, twins sir. got the contacts out of their eyes. We're able to record the podcast. Here we are on the Big Fight Weekend Preview. And again, however you found us, thank you for doing so. Again, I hope you heard the interview with Todd Grisham, who will call uh, Canelo Triple G on DAZN with Sergio Mora and Chris Mannix. He's on the podcast immediately before this one on the feed, on the Big Fight Weekend feed. We're here in the preview mode, heading to the weekend. Fight Freaks Unite is coming somehow, some way. Dan and I will work that out. We're giving we, stuff away. Uh, yeah, we are giving stuff away, but we're going to record the recap podcast coming off the weekend somehow, some way. Because I'm going to be in New Orleans, the Big Easy. Hopefully the skies are friendly for me, getting to the Bayou and getting to the French Quarter. Buccaneers, uh, my uh, my radio employer in the fall for Tampa Bay Buccaneers football playing the New Orleans Saints. So I'll be in New Orleans watching the fight on Saturday night while you're covering the fight. And then we got to figure out how to get the recap podcast done, but we will. That's a problem for this weekend. We will get that done and get that figured out. So if they, if they follow us, if they subscribe, they're getting lots of good content. That's a good thing. And by the way, you've got the giveaway going. Uh, again, for the Canelo uh, Triple G One room key that has the poster likeness on the room key. You're giving one of those away from 2017, from five years ago. Very hard to find. They didn't have a whole lot of them. And you've got one that you're giving away. And what Mayweather Pacquiao room yes, key is what? Two of them. Two of them to a lucky person that rates and reviews the podcast on Apple Podcasts, tells us how brilliant we are, uh, how brilliant you are. Rate us and review us. But. But I got I to gotta admonish the peeps. Uh, peeps, you're doing a great job rating us and, review, and reviewing us. Dan, I see that. But they're not tagging us socially to where we can get in contact with you. There's only been like one or two of you that have followed through on the instruction of we've got to be able to way, have a way to find you. So screenshot your rating and review. If you're listening and you've recently reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot. Tag Dan's social media. Tag Big Fight Weekend. Otherwise, we don't know who you are, babe. So you got to let us know. I mean, I see the little handles, the little names, Dan, on Apple Podcast. Just understand, Savages, that means nothing. I can't find you because of that little name on Apple Podcast. We got to be able to find you. Somebody at random, we're going to random draw after this weekend, is going to get that gift for rating us and reviewing us. And thank you for the reviews coming. But I'm just one more PSA to the audience. If you don't tag us socially, we don't know. If you don't take a screenshot and tag it. A couple of you have done that. Public service announcement is over. Let's get on with everything. And let's get on with after you got off the plane, after you got in your room. I don't know if you had to have a massage, if you had to go gamble. I don't know what else you did. But you went and got around Canelo and Triple G because they were having kind of open to the media session before the press conference for some different members of the media. You were around them. So just real quick, what was it like to be around them on the day you arrived? Depending on when they're hearing us the podcast, this is the day you arrived on Wednesday. What was it like? Well, this is a, a normal thing. They have usually like not a, not a, a massive uh, cattle call of media, but, you know, 
they invite whatever uh, media that they want. I guess usually the the the, the, the main the main guys. I guess there was probably in the room uh, for Canelo. I would say probably about twenty to twenty five press uh, in there, uh, and it's just just in a, a room with a table and chairs, nothing fancy, not even any signage. Sort of right off the where the media center is, and uh, you, just, you know you get a chance to, to quiz them. Basically, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty relaxed. Uh, Canelo was first. He was there with his uh, his uh, trainer and uh, manager Eddie Reynoso, and uh, also the the manager uh, Chepo Reynoso, which is Eddie's father, um, as well as uh, Eddie Hearn, um, and uh, you know spent about twenty five minutes taking questions from us on a lot of different things. Um, and Canelo, you know, he knew most of us that were in there because many of us have covered his fights for a long time. So uh, before the 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 official part of it started off, you know, we was said hello to some people, shook hands, you know, gave some pats on the back. I got a chance to say hello to him. I hadn't seen him since the Bibble fight, obviously. Um, so that was good. And then he just, you know, fire away. And it's uh, a mix of English-speaking media and Spanish-speaking media. There was a translator there to take care of the, the translation if necessary. And uh, just a freewheeling uh, conversation, a lot of it about, you know, the, the storylines of this fight, what's, uh, you know, what are his feelings about it coming off of the loss with Bivol, um, taking on Golovkin for the third time, a little remembrance of maybe the first couple of fights and the bad blood that has supposedly exists between these two guys. And you just get a little insight into their mentality and, and uh, you know, what their thoughts are going into the fight, um, uh, what, what he thinks he might want to do after the fight, you know, whatever happens. And so, uh, you know, I'll be writing about some of that stuff and some of the material this week. Um, but uh, one thing I'll say this in terms of just the disposition, uh, the way he engaged with us, his, his mentality, um, he was in a good mood. He was, um, you know, very, Canelo, listen, I've been around Canelo many, many times. You know, when you're, when you're there with him in the room, you know, he's a very pleasant guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's friendly, he's engaging. Uh, and, and now over the last couple of years, his English is so much better that uh, it's much easier to communicate with him because he speaks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, excellent English now. It's, it's taken him a little while, but he's, uh, he's confident in it and he does it very well. So the translator was not there for Canelo to speak to us and the English speaking media was there. So the translator could translate what was said between him and the, and the Spanish speaking media. So us, uh, the English speakers could understand what he was saying also, but, uh, so that was, that was good. So right off the bat, you could tell, you know, number one, he's very, he's deadly serious about this fight, obviously. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in a good spot. It seems like, and I have to say in terms of Golovkin, uh, we, we had that time with, uh, with Canelo, and then uh, about an hour, hour and a half later, uh, after Gennady had done some other interviews with some some specific outlets and some other things he was doing, uh, they brought, you know, he came into the room uh, along with uh, his translator. Um, and and he spoke to us for a similar amount of time. And again, Gennady, uh, you know, he uses the translator now, even though he understands what we're saying in English. Uh, he feels more comfortable, you know, uh, to get his points across in a more you know, fluid and, you know, way where you take context out of it. So he, and he has Constantine as his translator and I have to give a big shout out. Constantine does a hell of a job translating yes. a, a lot of, a lot of stuff from Constantine. So we should mention that on the recap podcast, we, we played your recent interview. You did the interview uh, via video call one-on-one with Canelo and with Constantine, the translator. And I did the best that I could. You Dr. Reeves in surgery, giving you some of Gennady's answers in Kazakh, his native language, but the translator also gave very good English-speaking recap translation of what he was saying, right down to, I love the comment that the previous judges of the previous two fights were disposable tissues, and he doesn't care about them anymore. I love that off the podcast. But just to belabor the point, the translator was doing a really good job, and we heard him on the podcast, and he was apparently again today with Gennady. Yeah, and, and Gennady, again, like like Canelo, in a, in, a, in a really good mood, a lot of smiles, 
a lot of handshakes and hellos to the guys he hasn't seen in a while who's covered him for many years, uh, myself and some of the other fellows that were in the, in the room. And, uh, you know, very confident, you know, kind of, kind of offended uh, in a good way that Canelo uh, has been saying he's going to end his career. And he's basically like giving him the finger saying, who's he to say, uh, you know, that he's going to end my career. You know, I'm going to end my career on my own terms. You know, Gennady's got, you know, he made no bones about the fact that, while some people are saying he may retire after this fight, he's like, I'm not retiring. You know, he didn't come out and say that exact word, but he was talking about he has a lot of a lot of possible fights he wants to do, a lot of other plans he wants to do. He definitely made the point uh, several times uh, where, where somebody might have asked him a question and perhaps reiterated in that question a, a talking point from Eddie Hearn. And he basically, you know, gave Eddie Hearn the finger verbally and said, don't listen to Eddie Hearn. You're around him too much. You're, you're listening to him. So there's definitely not a, not a wonderful feeling between Eddie and, and Gennady at this moment in time. And on top of that, he made the point also that uh, he feels like that the reason that Canelo finally agreed to fight him after, you know, four years of waiting and Gennady wanting the fight is because uh, this is Gennady's last fight under contract at the zone. And so if he didn't get it in this particular fight, there would be no fight. So he was, he feels like he was kind of forced into it in a way, um, you know, and so Gennady is uh it's uh, it's like he's, he's he's without using bad language, without like you know yelling and screaming, without you know poking his finger in his eye. He's really been trolling Canelo big time the last mm-hmm. uh, you know you know it's not the last couple of days, but like this whole promotion really. And it was evident once again in today's uh, uh, you know interview session with uh, with the media folks. So uh, he's got plans. You know, he he said he one thing he did say that I found interesting, and uh, he, he was able to draw the distinction about the things that he said about Canelo as a fighter, he's a great fighter. He's had a great career. You know, you know, he's a a worthy uh, opponent, all the, all those right things, you know, but basically I just don't like the guy. He's an asshole. I mean, that's, I'm paraphrasing what Gennady was saying. So he respects him as a fighter, but he doesn't like the way he's handled himself in a lot of different ways. So there's definitely some animosity there. I submit because I said it to Grisham on the other interview, he has not forgotten. He has not forgiven that Canelo screwed up their first fight. Correct. With the positive drug test. It was the second fight. Well, the second fight was supposed to take place. They fought the first fight on September, this mm-hmm. same Mexican Independence Day weekend. The rematch was supposed to take place in May of the following year uh, on the Cinco de Mayo weekend. Canelo had the positive drug test for clenbuterol. The, he, the fight was canceled. Right. He ultimately served the suspension, and it was rescheduled for the following September. And Golovkin ain't forgotten that and, in, and hasn't letting it go, and it isn't going to let it go, apparently. You know, and, 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 listen, started. And, right, and I, I also... You know, I don't, I don't, we can do a whole podcast on this if you want sometime, but you know, and I don't, I'm not trying to carry Canelo's water. And I, I've said this, I did a YouTube uh, interview with some of the, the guys that were here today. Look, if you follow the way the drug testing situation has unfolded, anybody that would say Canelo was just flat out dirty doesn't know the nuances of what happened in that drug test, period. Uh, it is common for Mexican athletes to have clenbuterol in their system at microscopic levels that it's so common that the, the, the WADA, which, you know, develops the protocols and what the limits are, uh, change the limit. The point is, and I wouldn't have to belabor this, the bottom line is if Canelo Alvarez took the same drug test today and returned the same amount in his system from what occurred back in 2017, then there would be no failed test because he wouldn't have even been at close to the threshold that would mean a positive test. So again, People can run around and say he's, a, you know, he did drugs or he's a cheater or this or that. Bottom line is uh, not every positive drug test is uh, the same. So what Canelo 
had his problem with wouldn't be a problem today, number one. And to, to suggest that he's in somehow the same uh, stratosphere as a John Pascal or a big baby Miller, mm. guys who had numerous bad tests for hardcore steroids, that sort of stuff. They, they just don't want to believe the truth or do their own homework. So I'll step off my soapbox. Okay, so the only thing I will say in addition to that, because I've covered sports now and you've covered it too, but I've covered sports for 30 plus years. The cheaters always have a different reason, a different excuse. His thing in that day was tainted meat, blah, 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 inadvertent, blah, blah, blah. Here's what we know, what we, what we have come to find out for the last 10 or 15 years. When you get busted, generally speaking, it's because you screwed up the timing, I'm just saying in general, of whatever you were taking and trying to taper it off before you know drug tests are coming. You screw up the timing, and suddenly you've still got low-level tra traces in your system. I'm just saying in general again, and you get caught. It happens more times than not because of that. So everybody draw from it what you will. All I'm saying is Triple G has been ticked about that for four-plus years. And I haven't been around him. You've been around him. I think it's, it's still he hasn't forgiven. He hasn't forgiven. He hasn't forgotten. That's part of this. It's part of the backdrop. And it's, it's sort of like a, it nags at, at uh, yes. Canelo because – he believes that he didn't do anything wrong. And it's like you get a splinter in your finger and it doesn't like, it's not a, a huge painful thing, but it's like a throbbing, nagging, annoying thing that just eats away at you. And that's sort of the way it is. And that's why uh, he doesn't, he says he doesn't respect them as a person, basically that he says a lot of stuff behind his back, but he won't say it to his face, et cetera, et cetera. So, All right. you know, I do believe, I do believe there's genuine bad blood. I don't think it's on the level of like Barrera Morales when they were going through their battles with each other and some of the, the, just the real rancor I've seen between certain fighters at times. Uh, I'm not saying this is manufactured, but I do think when it's all said and done, I hope, I think they'll figure out a way to get past it. But right. hopefully it won't be until well after Saturday night so they can uh, go, to, go to battle with each other. They'll settle it in the ring Saturday no matter what happens, and I'm sure the drug testing stuff will come up as the week as the weekend weekend unfolds here over the next few days. Again, we're getting damn they're doing right Vada, I mean, they're being Vada tested for this fight. There you go. We want to remind you that we're brought to you in part on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed by PPV.com with Canelo Triple G3 coming this Saturday night from Las Vegas. We want you to stream it live on PPV.com. This bout is obviously the third and final fight in this trilogy, and PPV.com is the most interactive way to stream the pay-per-view with live chats and fan react videos, English and Spanish feeds, no subscriptions required ever. And if you haven't experienced it on PPV.com, Canelo Triple G3 is the perfect time to get in on all the fun. It's the biggest fight remaining this year, the third and final in the trilogy. The first flight was obviously a draw. The first fight was obviously a draw, controversial second decision that Canelo won. Now it's four years later. They're back again. And PPV.com also has a special sweepstakes contest going on, a chance for you to win two incredible prizes. Get two tickets plus hotel and airfare to an upcoming PPV.com event and a chance to get a signed glove from both Canelo and Triple G. Go to PPV.com and get the full rules and details on how to enter the contest. Again, Canelo versus Triple G3. It is Saturday night. It is streaming live on PPV.com. Order now. Check them out. PPV.com. And have been already, right? Oh, for and sure. So, for weeks and, so, and months. So there you go on trying to stay clean with that. Okay, quickly, some news of the week. And then oh. I promise we're going to get to the actual fight card and some predictions here in a bit. 
So give me a little bit on news of the week because there's been a couple of things since the Fight Freaks Unite podcast came out a couple of days ago. A couple of different news items. Let's begin. Lee Wood's fight, Mauricio Laura, that whole thing with is Wood going to fight Leo Santa Cruz or not? All right, so he's not fighting Santa Cruz. He's fighting Laura. Now he's not fighting anybody, Dan. Real quick. Well, he suffered an injury, uh, a biceps tear, and the fight is off. And uh, after all that commotion about the stuff with the WBA and uh, Santa Cruz, as you mentioned, uh, they made the fight with Lara and he went into a sparring session. He hurt the arm and now that fight is off and the fight is no longer, but the card will go forward. And instead of being headlined by a tremendously attractive fight between Wood and Lara, uh, instead it will be headlined the, the co-feature, which is a lightweight fight between uh, Maxi Hughes and uh, Kid Galahad, who's the former IBF featherweight title holder, who was moving up to weight divisions coming off of the loss of his title. That's the new main event. So that card takes it's a big hit. That's not like the worst fight I've ever heard of, but it's certainly not on the level of, uh, of Wood versus Lara. So, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, unfortunately, these things happen in boxing. Uh, better to keep the show going where all these other fighters get a chance to have their fights. No waste of training camp. Still get to make money. And frankly, still hopefully, you know, give those who decide to continue to watch it or go to it uh, a good night of uh, entertainment. But hopefully uh, Lee Wood will be better soon and be back in the ring soon. Sticking with the British theme, and again, all of the pomp and circumstance has been going on with the uh, tributes and and the funeral upcoming for Queen Elizabeth, and a lot of British sport is just ground to a halt uh, as it is. But there is news. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua still talking for what it's worth. Joshua's side reiterates again, they've agreed to everything. Now has Fury's side been willing to sign off? We don't know about that. But Dan, just give us the quick update because they're still kicking around dates. And, and, nope. Joshua's, and Joshua's side says, hey, we're ready to do this. If, if the, the, the date's not being kicked around, if it happens, it'll be December 3rd. It'll be at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales, which is a 80,000-seat stadium with a retractable roof, which you need at that time of year because of the, you know, the uh, you never know about the weather at that time of year in the, in the British Isles. Uh, there's also, I guess, the possibility, I don't, I don't know if this will happen, but if some, some group comes in and wants to pay them a, a gazillion dollars to come to some exotic location, I guess they'd have to consider that. Uh, but basically where it stands, and, and this is what I gathered when I talked to some of the matchroom people uh, earlier in the day, is that basically uh, as, as uh, 258 Management, which is the management of company that, that handles Joshua, said that on behalf of Joshua and matchroom boxing, we accept the terms, meaning the 40% share of a 60-40 split, the date, the location, um, you know, the 50-50 on the rematch if, if uh, Joshua is to win, and they agree. And so now the ball is in Frank Lawrence court, who is the co-promoter of Tyson Fury, to, you know, he responded to that post on social media, says the contract will be with you soon. So they're getting the contract done. Supposedly that will be delivered to them. I, I don't know, maybe it was today, maybe tomorrow. I guess certainly this week they'll have to now. There's a big difference between saying we agree to the terms and having a promoter send the paperwork, and then you look at it and you got 45 red lines where you got to discuss things. Um, you know, they've never mentioned anything specific about the broadcast situation because, and we've right. discussed that. That's obviously a thing uh, in terms of because of the fact that Fury is with uh, BT Sport in the UK and ESPN in America. And, and uh, Anthony Joshua is now exclusively with the zone in both uh, the UK as well as the United States. So uh, I think everybody understands that, that they're going to have to all be involved in some form or fashion in this event. Uh, and now they got to just, you know, go through and, and, uh, and, you know, each little intricacy of the actual written document. And the idea is it, it conforms to what you said you will do. And we'll see if they can get it signed off on. I'm still skeptical, my man. What can I tell you? That's yeah, just like I agree with you. Stage of the game. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, uh, that this is going to happen. And listen, if they um, get this done, TJ, if they get this done, 
it will be the biggest fight maybe in the history of boxing done in the easiest amount of time, the quickest, shortest, least uh, problems that they've ever had. Now, remember when they were negotiating the same fight for the undisputed title back at the uh, before uh, Tyson Fury had the third fight that he was kind of forced into against Wilder, that freaking dragged on for months and months yes. and months and months, it seemed like. I mean, granted, it was different because they were going to have it in Saudi Arabia and they were going to be paying, you know, uh, a couple hundred million dollars to bring the event. So the fight's maybe not as big now, not being for the undisputed, but it's still a pretty big fight. So to think what happened then and it didn't happen, if they can go through now and, and actually make this in the span of like about a, two weeks, that's like that's like unheard of for this level. Well, fight. they have to move quickly if they're going to do it in December. All right, two or three quick points because we've been talking about this and going back and forth on this. Number one, it's not as big a deal because Joshua has lost three of his last five fights and lost his last two fights. So a lot of the luster is off. I think especially in the United States, it's not as big a deal for that reason. It's not the undisputed title. The next thing, because you know, I, I dig, I find these things too. I wrote about it. The December 17th date, worked because there's nothing in the stadium principality stadium december 3rd there are two conflicts with december 2nd and december 3rd now i went and looked december 2nd has a soccer match wales the country scotland the country are supposed to play a friendly dan and i are friendly a friendly so they're not involved in the world cup either one of them so that friendly could probably be moved on that friday night they don't play it there, don't laugh. There's a choir concert that is also scheduled for Saturday night, December 3rd. I don't know if there's 53 people that bought tickets. If there's 5,000 people that bought tickets, they got to figure that out too. If they're using December 3rd in that stadium, they got to move those two events or maybe no it's in another locale. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about them moving a concert or a friendly. Yeah, I'm with like you. But isn't there a real possibility that Fury is jerking Anthony Joshua along here to see what else is out there? And maybe he's intending to fight somebody else on December 3rd or December 17th. Who knows? I mean, we that's what know. Eddie Hearn alluded to. Know. He said they're maybe trying to play us. And they say we try to do everything to make the fight. And then they take some nobody for, for, uh, for that date anyway. Look, until there's some clarity, uh, I don't believe anything. There you go. Uh, and I say all the time, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that, that, that we get an announcement on, uh, you know, Monday or Tuesday or whatever saying we've got a deal. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll wait till the, till the, uh, till the queen's funeral, funeral is over is with Monday, all that. Right. Funeral so is Monday. I, I wouldn't expect we won't. Yeah. Because of the funeral for the queen, you got to expect just out of that, uh, element alone at the earliest, maybe they might make a deal while all of that's happening, but they would not announce it maybe until after that is over. So perhaps Tuesday, you know what? It's, uh, it's all good grist for the mill, but, you know, show me the signed documents, show me Amen. the press release, show me the press conference. Let me see a tweet from, you know, Frank Warren, from Tyson, from Eddie, from the management company again, from Joshua, you know, from BT, from ESPN, from, you know, the zone, somebody that has skin in this game and let me know it's real. Good enough. We do know the undercard for Wilder Hellenius October 15th in Brooklyn was announced. We already knew Caleb Plant, Anthony Durrell, uh, in an eliminator fight again as super middleweights. Of course, Canelo beat Caleb Plant late last year uh, to take his IBF belt. But also heavyweight Frank Sanchez is on the card and Gary Antonio Russell also announced on the card just real quick before we move on. Well, Frank Sanchez was supposed to fight uh, the, the Puerto Rican former Olympian Carlos Negron on January 1st on a pay-per-view that PBC put on. Uh, Negron withdrew because of uh, covid and Frank ended up fighting a late replacement, Christian Hammer, and, uh, you know, taking him to the woodshed for 10 rounds. And so now they've rescheduled this fight. Joe Goosen, who is now the trainer for Frank Sanchez, but also uh, does the commentary work uh, on the PBC fights, uh, said on the 
most recent PBC um, pay-per-view card that was with Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz, he did mention it that that fight was going to be taking place. They made that official in their announcement. And then, as you mentioned, the, the Gary Antonio Russell fight, he's going to have a rematch with the former uh, Bantamweight title holder, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Their first fight lasted all of 16 seconds because in the opening moments of the fight, they had a terrible, terrible headbutt that left Rodriguez badly cut and unable to continue. So uh, it's only right to uh, to have the rematch. And it's a, it's a step-up fight for Gary Antonio, uh, the undefeated brother, uh, the middle brother between Gary Russell Jr., the former featherweight title holder, and Gary Antoine Russell, who was the uh, up-and-coming 140-pound uh, contender. And uh, Rodriguez is looking for an opportunity to score a win against an undefeated guy off with that family name to get himself back in position because he had a world title for a bit. He participated in the World Boxing Super Series. And uh, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for him. Hopefully they don't have another big, bad headbutt. Let's hope that that is the case. Again, that's October 15th. That that's is a pretty good card, though, you know. I got to say, yep. as, as a pay-per-view, uh, you know, you got a, a, an interesting heavyweight main event. I like the plant. Darrell fight an awful lot in the co-feature. Uh, Sanchez against Negron, at least it's a style mesh. Obviously, you know, Sanchez will be a big favorite there because of his skills. And, uh, you know, again, assuming they can avoid another nasty headbutt like that, I think Rodriguez, you know, uh, is a live dog against uh, Gary Antonio, who's pretty untested. All right, again, that's the uh, Wilder Hellenius card filling out for Brooklyn, New York, October 15th. One more fight that was announced, and then I promise we're getting to fight analysis and predictions for Canelo Triple G and the undercard in Las Vegas for Saturday night. These are Japanese uh, fighters in the light flyweight division coming up in November. It's officially announced. It will also be televised on ESPN Plus in the early morning hours of Tuesday, November the 1st. Uh, Taraji, uh, Kinshiro Taraji and Hiroto Kairaguchi. This is WBA and WBO light flyweight unification fight. And my man Raphael was chomping at the bit when you saw that this was uh, announced because you think this will be a banger, an action-packed fight for the little guys in Japan. This is a WBC WBA unification. Uh, Taraji is the WBC champion, a very exciting, fun fighter. Uh, Kayaguchi is a great action fighter. If you watch him at all, he was his most recent fight was, as you say, a banger that was on the zone not that long ago. He's the WBA champion. I'm telling you, man, you don't see a lot of like unification fights like this, particularly Japanese against Japanese. It's not common at all. This is if you like the little guys, trust me when I tell you mm. this, this is a banger. This is going to be a great fight. I, I mean, I love this fight. The WBO champion of that weight class, 108 pounds, is Jonathan Gonzalez. He's going to defend his title in the co-feature against a Japanese fighter, Iwata. And there's where I, guess, I got confused. We got three yes. of the belts on the same card, yes. unified in the main event, but WBO champion in the co-feature. Correct. And I assume that the winner of each fight, you know, especially if Gonzalez were to retain the title uh, in his fight, that he would perhaps fight the winner. Um, and also besides, you know, you said the, the two belts in the, sanctioning body belts in the main event, plus WBO, WBO belt in the co-feature. Kai Gucci is also the ring champion. So it's, you know, for the lineal title, it's basically the winner of the main event the, is the man at 108 uh, with, a, with an obvious challenger uh, in the winner of the co-feature. So, look, I, a lot of times when these overseas fights come on, like I definitely watch them, uh, but I may do so on a, on a delay. I, I don't wake up in the crazy early morning hours to make sure I see it live immediately. I'm... I'm at the point where I'm, as long as I don't know the result, maybe I'm good with waking up when I wake up and, and just going on my uh, trusty ESPN plus app on my phone or my TV or whatever and take a look at it. But uh, you know what? I'm getting up early for this one. This is that kind of fight. This is a, this is an A plus fight in boxing. It's not heavyweights. 
You know, it's not the, the sexy middleweights or, or welterweights right. or some big deal like that. But I love the little guys. They'll throw about a bazillion punches. They come to fight. This is going to be a, a war. I guarantee. I cannot imagine this fight being anything other than terrific. There you go. Taraji Kairaguchi, if I got all the pronunciations right, November Kayaguchi, no R in there. Kayaguchi, November 1st in Japan, early morning hours, United States, uh, for us to have it on, on uh, TV on ESPN+. Plus. Okay, with all of that out of the way, we have one thing left to do. It's Canelo Triple G. We'll get into the fights on this card, including the main event. We'll do that with Dan, who's in Vegas, next. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Back in a few more minutes here with Dan Rayfield. He's tapping his watch, going, I gotta go to dinner. I gotta I gotta go to dinner. Again, we're getting you the podcast. Listen, TJ, it's not about the dinner. I got an appointment with some friends I haven't seen in a while. Oh, we're gonna have a casual meal, but I need to I need to do my You gotta go hang with your peeps. It's As you been were a saying, long freaking day. Yes, point. earlier in the podcast, you've had a long day. You've already been with the fighters. We want to get these predictions, and we're getting you the podcast early here for an extra day for Saturday night's uh big pay-per-view uh showdown here um as canelo and triple g get ready to fight okay so after all the waiting after four years we're now to this all things being equal i know we're going to have our bet us show uh our boxing preview live you'll be in vegas on friday but canelo is significantly favored he's five or six to one in most most sports book the bet us line has him at five to one right now uh for uh, triple g he's a four to one underdog 40 years of age I am already on the record. I said this to Grisham. I think this is Canelo. I'm spoiling it for Friday for the Bet US show. I think this is Canelo and Canelo probably by stoppage. Uh, I think it's an older Golovkin. I don't think he's as, uh, he got as much reflexes. I see you shaking your head. You already disagree. What do you think happens? Give me a, give me a thought or two. Anybody that picks Canelo Alvarez to win this fight, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. And I see it. I get it. And I probably, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait till the Bet show to really truly right. make my official pick. But, uh, for sure, Canelo deserves to be the favorite. Uh, he's more natural at 168 pounds. He's been a dominating champion in that weight class. Even though he lost his last fight against Bebo and was at 175, he didn't get beat up. It was competitive. It wasn't like he got rotted nine rounds to three or 10 rounds to two. He won probably, you know, four, you know, rounds. Maybe if you really wanted to bend over backwards, you might find five rounds for him uh, as he finished, uh, you know, that fight. But the bottom line is I have I, – I, I'm actually offended – by people that say he's going to knock Gennady out and that it's going to be somehow an easy fight just because Triple G hit the big 4-0. I just think that's ridiculous. This is a man who's got 300 fights, pro and amateur-ish, right around that number. Never been stopped, never been knocked down, never been visibly shaken or hurt in a fight that I can think of. A um, couple of minor cuts along the way, I suppose. But we're talking about a guy who's one of the greatest punchers in boxing history and who has certainly one of the greatest chins we've seen and and canelo has a great chin and a great punching power also they've been 24 rounds with each other neither one of them ever came close to scoring a knockdown or a knockdown i have no idea why people think he's going to run through him he's not been inactive he just fought in april he, he looked kind of bad the first say three rounds against Murata, but then it was like a train downhill he beat the shit out of him after that and knocked him out and won <laughs> and unified the titles i know Murata may not be at that level but he was fighting on that guy's home turf that fight was right around the same time that Canelo, uh, you know, within a few weeks of Canelo's loss against Dimitri Bebo. Uh, Gennady looks strong. I mean, we didn't see him without his shirt on, and he obviously is not at exactly 168 just yet because 
It was only Wednesday when we spoke to him. But the point is, uh, he'd be fine at that weight, I believe. He may not be as heavy of a puncher. But trust me, Canelo Alvarez was a, was a welterweight when he started out. So when he's moved up also. I just find it incomprehensible to, I mean, if you predict the knockout, knockouts happen, as we talk about all the time, you land a good, perfect punch, uh, perhaps a body shot, because those guys are both the depth of their body shots. They both have iron chins. Uh, yeah, I can see it. But to, to say it's going to happen and that you really believe that, I just find that bizarre. 40 years old doesn't mean shit in boxing, because we've seen plenty of great fighters that are in that level fight well into their 40s, whether you're talking about Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather or Bernard Hopkins uh, as a heavyweight, George Foreman, I could probably find some other guys that have been over the 40 mark. And uh, it's not like he's 45 or 46. He just turned 40. So I find that to be just a group think echo chamber talking point that I just completely disagree with. I, I understand how you feel. Now, a couple of things in my defense. I didn't say easy. I didn't say he was going to knock him out cold. I think he just gets to him. I think he's going to wear him down, et cetera, et cetera. I saw Golovkin get hit a bunch by Derevyanchenko, a bunch. So that's concerning. We'll see. We'll see. I saw Canelo get hit a bunch by Bivol. That is true. That's a younger, light heavyweight, though, that he fought. Fair. That's a younger, bigger guy that he fought. So we'll see. We'll see. What does the 168 mean for Golovkin? And you again. I also, let me just say one other thing about that. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think that anybody knows, and it's, it's immeasurable, of the desire and what they have inside their chest of what they want to do in this fight, given all the water under the bridge in the first mm-hmm. two fights. So Gennady didn't say it in so many words, but you could read the body language and sort of read between the lines. He views this as the most important fight of his career. There and, you, you know, you, you cannot measure that. You can't measure that in terms of how hard you hit or that's, you know, you either want it or you don't. So, you know, you get knocked down, you're, he's going to get up, I think. That's not right. just my thought, not, you know. And, we'll I'm, and I'm not saying that he's going to get knocked out, knocked out. I think it's more of a wear down stoppage thing, but we'll see. We'll see. So, we're, again, I'm tipping my hand. I already said that. I already believe that. Dan will have an official play on the BetUS show coming Friday, 1 Eastern time, BetUS platforms and the YouTube page. You know, uh, Dan, well, I'm taking the over. Well, yeah, the under over, very intriguing at 10 and a half. So the odds makers at BetUS and elsewhere believe this is a distance fight, basically, because it's a 12-round fight. So very interesting there on the uh, on the over. I'm going to say this, TJ. Yes. Anybody that's been downplaying, I've heard from a lot of fans on social media who maybe posted comments on my uh, Facebook page or on my uh, comments section and on my uh, on my webpage for the Substack. Who, who don't like the fight, who aren't into the fight, who think it's way too late. I'm like, are you guys crazy? This is all-time great fighters, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame fighters with a massive rivalry who've already put on two tremendous battles at the highest level in action-packed fights for the middleweight championship. Now it's for the undisputed super middleweight championship. What the hell is there not to like about it? I mean, yes, should it, it's five, year, five years since the first fight, four years since the second fight. Would we have liked to see it happen a couple of years early? Obviously. But both guys are still fighting at a high level. Canelo's undisputed at 68. Triple G, whatever you think of his age, he's unified at 160. That didn't happen by accident. I mean, these are two of the greatest fighters of this generation, and they're going into a heated rivalry third fight. Think Gaddy Ward. Think Morales Barrera. Think Frazier and, uh, and, and Ali. Think Riddick Bowen of Andrew Holyfield. It's got that shit written all over it. This is going to be a great fight, and I'm not just showing for the pay-per-view because if it sells one buyer, it sells a billion, I don't get another dollar. I'm just saying that's how I feel. I would not miss this fight for the world. Now, I didn't care if it didn't happen. I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understood if it didn't happen. I you know whatever. I saw the first two fights. And if they do a third fight, great. If they didn't, 
no problem. This is like WWE. Tag me in. Tag me in. I'm with you. This is the best fight remaining this year. This fight is better than Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Why? Anthony Joshua's lost three of his last five fights. That's not nearly as compelling because of that. This is compelling because Golovkin has been winning. This is the third fight. Yes, Alvarez lost for the first time in like seven or eight years back in May to a bigger, younger fighter. But this is compelling stuff. And, and I think we can't oversell this. Canelo is the most important figure non-heavyweight in boxing. Whenever he fights, oh, for sure. stop what you're doing. And so now we stop what we're doing for a third fight with Golovkin. See, you tagged me in and I helped you. Now I'll tag you back in and we'll move on to the undercard. How does that sound? I'm just, I'm just, uh, once they made it, I'm, I'm very excited yes. for this fight. I think it's going to be dynamite. It's why you're and, uh, there in Vegas is because the people that, that just say they're not interested. I don't, are you a boxing fan or well, well, right. how are you not interested? What planet are you on? You complain. And by that the they way, don't it's make, not like, well, hold on, hold on. You complain that they don't make interesting fights and then you've got an interesting fight and then you yeah. complain about the interesting fight. But here's the other thing about it though. Place. It's not like Gennady Golovkin is fighting Canelo and he's skipping some other big mega fight or that Canelo Alvarez is well, fighting right. Golovkin and he's skipping. What, nobody really wanted to see the people rematch. Nobody cared about that. What's the other big fight for Canelo? You know, would we like to see Benavides? Sure. Would we like to see Charlo? Sure. But this is a bigger fight commercially than those fights in my mind. And, and there's still time for those fights also. Those fights, I think, are still good for the future. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get right. the whole addiction to the Charlo fight. The guy's never fought above middleweight. Uh, you know, and, and certainly Gennady has not been a full-time super middleweight. He fought one fight over the weight, but he's accomplished a whole hell of a lot more as a middleweight than Charlo has. So everybody should chill on that fight. This is, this is the fight to make at 168 right now. Right. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a great fight. I, I'm convinced. Because I know you got to go. Bam Rodriguez in the co-feature. He's been very active this year. Action-packed fighter from San Antonio defending his title. Uh, all right, tell me more about the co-feature real quick in this one. Well, Bam is fighting Israel Gonzalez, who is a, a, a good Mexican contender. He's had opportunities and failed in world title fights against the likes of uh, Cal Yafai a, a couple years ago. He had a title fight against uh, Jerwin Casas. He failed in that fight. He also fought against, uh, I can't remember if it was Estrada or maybe it was Chocotito, but the point is, this is his fourth opportunity to fight for a world title. He's not gotten over the hump, but I actually, when I was checking into the hotel and I was going to the elevators to come up to my room, I ran into his, uh, his representative, Sean Gibbons and, uh, and uh, Israel. And so we, we spoke for a little bit and, you know, he's very excited for this fight. He's like, I think he's overlooking me. You know, he's coming off these two big wins, meaning Bam, off of the win over Quadras over Sarangi side, you know, he doesn't, you know, I've, I've lost a couple of my fights, uh, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to spring a surprise in it because I'm here to, to do my, my damage. And, you know, I'm going to catch him, uh, you know, sleeping, so to speak. Now, a couple hours later, we had a chance to sit down with Bam Rodriguez also in the media center in a similar situation uh, as we did with Canelo and Golovkin. Uh, he was there with Eddie Hearn. And uh, first of all, I'll say this about Bam Rodriguez as nice and as friendly as an engaging and as interesting uh, to talk to, as you'll find just a, a real nice, humble kid, but with a, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, excitement about and his am career. I not correct. He's still, he's the youngest world champion. You got to yeah. remind yourself he's what 21 youngest, 22 world years champion, old, 20, just turned 22 youngest yep. world champion. That's out there. And you're very impressed by him. I can tell. Oh yeah. He's got a, you know, look, Robert Garcia has been, I've been hearing about Bam Rodriguez from Robert Garcia for years since this kid was a teenager. So this was not that, that he became a champion is not a surprise to a lot of people. This was sort of expected. Now, doing it the way he did it by taking a fight on short notice and beating up Quadras, who's had a, a very top-level career, and then doing the same thing in a, in a, in a defense against Roman, uh, against Arungisai, rather, you know, that may be surprise some folks. But here's the deal. 
you know, he's talking about unifications. He wants to maybe fight at 108, want to, want to fight at 112. Uh, you know, Eddie was talking about how we'd love to see him go down in weight. He was talking about, you know, the big aspirations he has. But I asked him, I say, look, you have these two big wins this year. You know, are you maybe overlooking him a little bit? You know, people thinking, you know, you're reading your press clippings, you're caught up in all the hype about and the hoopla of your, your big victories. And here's little Israel Gonzalez, maybe sneak up on you. He says, hell no. I know he wants to take this belt. By the way, he's sitting there at the table with the belt. You know, when Gennady uh, came in, he didn't have his middleweight belts with him. And when Canelo came in, he didn't have his super middleweight belts. But Bam Rodriguez, he had that WBC belt prominently placed on the table. He's very proud of it. Um, the thing that, uh, that uh, Eddie Hearn also said in that meeting that he had with us was that if Bam is successful on Saturday against uh, Gonzalez and is no injuries, no issues in that situation, that he will have another fight this year, a fourth fight. He will be the co-feature. Uh, he's going to be a main event fighter after this, but obviously for reasons you'll understand, he'll be the co-feature uh, on the third fight between Chocolatito and Estrada, which is going to be taking place in December. And the idea is uh, those two great fighters will have their trilogy fight in the main event. Uh, Rodriguez will defend his title in the co-feature. And what Eddie would like to do, and Bam was totally on board with it, loves the idea, uh, to match the main event winner, either Chocolatito or Estrada, against Bam Rodriguez, you know, the, the great older championship level Hall of Fame caliber guy against the young upstart. Um, let's say what you want about Chocolatito and, and Estrada. They're older fighters. But they're still fighting at an extremely high level. And uh, uh, Bam Rodriguez, if he has four fights, we were talking about this. If he has four fights this year and one of them is against Quadras knockout, one of them is against uh, Sarungasai knockout, one of them is against, a, you know, a solid contender in Gonzalez. And then he fights another contender in December. And you go four and zero, and that kind of meteoric rise. Uh, you're looking at the 2022 fighter of the year, most likely. I would say yes. Four title defense wins. Yes, novel concept. Stay busy. Stay in front of everybody. Win the title, title, and then three we defenses. Love it. We love yeah. it. All and right, and so by the way, against quality yeah. guys, you know. So he's got a chance to do that. And, you know, I, I actually asked him. I said, you know, most guys uh, either they they don't think about fighter of the year, or they've never really thought about it, or they love the idea. You know, where do you come down? And he goes, and I never thought about it. And then people started making that point that maybe it's possible. You know, I, I like that idea. I, I'd love to be fighter of the year. So I, I like that. I like when guys want to achieve personal accolades. This is not a team sport. It's not baseball where, you know, if you can be the MVP, but if you don't win the World Series, it's maybe not as big of a deal. But for Bam Rodriguez, if you are fighter of the year, in essence, you're the MVP of boxing that year. Good enough. He's in the co-feature. And again, I know you got to go in a moment or two. We'll have more on these fights on the Bet US live show, one Eastern time. Dan in Vegas. We'll be ready to go for that. But I mean, we have the likes of uh, Ali Akhmedov, who's the super middleweight contender. Austin Ammo Williams is a middleweight contender. The, uh, Diego Pacheco is another super middleweight. They're all on this card. Listen, let me just say one other thing about Rizzo. that. Yeah. A couple things about that. Number one, in terms of the Gabriel Rosado fight against Ali Akhmedov. That's a very interesting, tough fight. Rosado always, you know, comes to fight. He's, you know, he's obviously lost some. He's won some. He can spring upsets. Uh, I didn't know this until today because I talked to him in the pre in the media center. Gabriel uh, Rosado was back with Freddie Roach as a trainer for this fight. He called him kind of on short notice and said, you know, he needed him in the corner and Freddie agreed. So he's got Freddie with him, which can't uh, do anything but help him. Sure. In terms of the young fighters, Austin Williams is an excellent middleweight up and comer. He's taken on, I think, his toughest test in Kieran Conway. Uh, that's those are the, the pay-per-view fights are Canelo, uh, Triple G, Bam Rodriguez, Gonzalez, uh, Akhmedov, Rosado, and Austin Williams, Kieran Conway. But then DAZN does what they call before the bell, which are the fights that you can watch for free if you subscribe to DAZN. They might even be on their YouTube channel for all I know. But you got good prospects on there. You got Diego Pacheco, an undefeated uh, mm -hmm. L.A. Uh, Mexican-American super middleweight, undefeated, very talented, very interesting, exciting young fighter. Uh, loan for a regional belt, his first one. He got uh, the young uh, uh, 
lightweight prospect, undefeated Mark Castro, who's been on uh, a couple of Canelo's undercards. Canelo likes him. Uh, he's been in his training camp. He's an engaging guy. He has a, a very fun style to watch. And uh, Aaron Aponte is a young uh, junior welterweight. He's on the card. And you got Anthony Herrera, a bantamweight. Uh, these are all guys to keep an eye on in terms of the prospect stage. So you got a little bit, you got obviously the mega fight in the main event, good title fight in the co-feature, and then some other interesting fights on the undercard, including a lot of Matchroom's best American-based prospects as opposed to their stable of the uh, UK prospects. Well done with all of this. Again, that's a full preview show uh, here for the Big Fight Weekend Preview with Canelo and Triple G. As Dan said, don't just poo-poo Triple G in this one. In his opinion, we'll have more on the BetUS Boxing Show, BetUS platforms, BetUSTV.com, as well as the BetUS YouTube channel, 1 Eastern Time, 10 Vegas time, Friday morning, 1 Eastern time. Friday will be live, and you can replay that show later on Friday or Saturday. In the meantime, thank you. I know you've been busy. You're jet-lagged. You're trying to get with people for dinner. That's a full show, and it's even out early, peeps, here on the Big Fight Weekend preview for this weekend. Dan Rayfield, excellent job. Go enjoy yourself. We'll catch up with you on this podcast feed in the recap mode when it's all over. No matter what happens, we'll be recapping it here on Big Fight Weekend. Thank you, my friend. All right, my man. I'll talk to you later. And we will talk to him on Friday on the BetUS show as well. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us. Follow, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And again, rate us and review us. We've got the giveaway. Take a screenshot of your rating and review. And uh, you've got a chance to win the cool key card giveaways for Canelo, Triple G1, Mayweather, Pacquiao, the little magnetic key cards. Somebody's going to win at random. It could be you. For now, we're good. Canelo, Triple G coming up Saturday night. We've been previewing it on the Big Fight Weekend Preview Podcast. Bye.